right. Well, here it is. We are live in Conway, episode 15, season finale of season one of Are You Serious? We did it. We We're had doing a little, this. We had a little bit of a <laughs> slight technical delay, but we are up and we are live and we are doing this with a live crowd. Live crowd. Live crowd. Live on YouTube. There it is. There it is. I see cocktails in the background. Cocktails are flowing. It is hurricanes and happy hour, as we have been saying all week long. Uh, and it has been a really, really good week here for Hurricane Week. Yeah, really busy week. We were talking about when we were like, all right, should we attempt a live podcast? And if so, what would that look like? And we thought, you know, with Hurricane Florence yep. and Bonfire being closed for more than a year. Yep. And we knew Conway was a staple in Absolutely. the area. The Waccamaw. Yeah. It's beautiful out here first. It is. Um, this was the culmination of, let's try Conway. Yeah. So, before we get started, I don't even know if he's out here. Darren, the owner of Conway. He'll, I see him back there he's somewhere. He's back there. Uh, let's well, give it up. right here in the front row. Let's give it up for Darren and, and his wife and everybody helping us accommodate to this. Absolutely. So, that's been awesome. Uh, we have 28 people on YouTube. 28 people on YouTube, which is good. And um, I do want to say we've got a couple of VIP people here okay. uh, that we need to address and say hello to tonight. She's probably not even listening and probably can't even hear me. Judy, can you hear me? We got Judy, Judy way in the back. I went to Judy's house last summer to wish her daughter, granddaughter, a happy birthday. Okay. And she has kept up with me ever since, and she has been here since 4 o'clock this afternoon. So I want to say a hello to Judy. Our next super VIP is Rose. Rose. If you follow any of us, you know Rose. She is the mom of WMBF News. Uh, Rose brings us food when we have hurricanes on the way. Uh, she stops us. She stalks me on the beach. <laughs> Let me tell you a story about me and Rose last weekend. I'm sitting on the beach, getting my tan, having a cocktail. And you know when you're on the beach and you look at your phone and you can't really see much? I see a message on Twitter, and I pull it up, and it's a picture of me sitting on the beach. And I'm like, who took this picture? And it terrified me for a second. And then I realized it was Rose. She was literally sitting right in front of me. Uh, so we had a great conversation catching up. And, Rose, you have to keep that beach location secret now. Yeah. You can't. Yeah, no yeah, one needs yeah, to know what avenue that was. We saw each other in our bathing suits, Rose. I- <laughs> we did. So <laughs> no one else knows. Where that happens. We have Mark here on the front row. Mark. Who is the man with all the questions. Yeah. Amazing questions who we actually have to kind of think about sometimes. Good. Complicated. But I like. Yes. Uh, where's Anya and Kyle? There's Kyle. There's Anya. I don't know if the people at home can see any of these people. So Anya is. <laughs> I see it. They, get, they can see them. Okay, good. Anya is the executive producer of our morning show, but she also uh, edits and helps us put together the podcast. And she is literally the one who keeps Andrew and I sharp and on our toes and makes us look as good as we do uh then we have kyle yeah who is a morning show producer but i'm really happy to report let's not even go here i'm real let's no stop. the morning show hates me for this but kyle is an amazing producer and i stole him and he's coming night side he's coming to be my producer for WBF News at 6, so I'm super pumped about uh, Kyle. We've got Alan Marcus, our Marcus. 5 o'clock producer, who has done a tremendous job this week. Jenna, the weather intern. We're putting her to work today. We're putting her to work. She's been here with us for two weeks, and I think she's... May I add, her mom is also watching from New York. No, Florida, New York. I almost ruined that. I almost said New yep. York, Florida. Uh, Jenna's grandparents were here earlier, but they had to leave. And then we have Will in the very back. Uh, Will, a lot of you know Will from Will's Weather. He has his own weather station. He's 17. He's like a weather genius. Um, I always joke that when I was 16 and 17, I was like throwing rocks at girls and picking my nose. And this guy is doing weather from his basement and making money off of it and has sponsors and has been here for the past three days helping out. So huge thanks to Will and Jenna and everybody else who came out. You're all super VIPs. Yeah, super VIPs. Also, before we even get into whatever, whatever we're gonna this get episode into. is going to be. Yeah. Can we give it up for our behind-the-scenes crew all week long? We have Dustin. We have George. We have Cameron. We have Hunter. um, There's Nico somewhere. Nico, Nico, there he is. Nico somewhere. Nico somewhere over there. They've made us look great all week. So Nico is an intern with our promotions department. This is his first week, and he has done some of the craziest stuff. Uh, he was literally holding a tarp over our head Monday and again yesterday to keep us from getting wet when it started to rain during the newscast. 
all that on his internship. And I know these people will never turn the, the camera on themselves. Yeah. Uh, but we couldn't do it without any and of these people. we don't people. know how to work a camera. And we don't know how to work a camera. <laughs> I stay away from cameras. Uh, but, yeah, super huge thanks to these people because we've been doing this every single day, at least the newscast portion, on the road since Monday for hours and hours and hours and hours. How tired are you? A little bit. A yeah. <laughs> little bit. A little tired. Tomorrow I'm wearing glasses, yep. not contacts. Yep. You'll see me Friday morning yeah. with glasses on. Uh, I do want to say to everyone watching at home, thank you. We appreciate you tuning in as well. Uh, this is really cool. So let's talk about Are You Serious? Are You Serious? And then we'll get into the questions. Yeah. Did you ever think it would culminate I didn't. to this? I didn't. We thought, let's try this podcast thing. I'd never even seen a podcast. I'd never listened to a podcast. And then we're like, let's do a podcast. Like, we knew what we were doing. Uh, so we came up with this. We started this. Um, still don't really know what we're doing. No. But the important thing is we are, like, having the best time. I love my job. But when I come in to report a, record a podcast, we just we just have a blast and we go with it. And, you know, sometimes we got to be a little buttoned up on the news. Mm -hmm. We get to kind of relax a little bit, be ourselves, yep. and just have a good time with the podcast. And uh, we are 15 episodes in. 15 in. And we are so happy. Yeah, uh, over 4,000 views on YouTube now, so give it up for that. We 4, love 000, that. Yep, yep, we love that. Um, we have people tuning in from all states, all countries. I think it's eight countries now. We have a listener in Iran. So we'll take whatever <laughs> no, we seriously. can get. Right. <laughs> um, also, uh, Spotify and Apple. So if you're listening to this after, what we're going to do here, Jamie and I have no idea what this episode is going to be like because nope. they're going to dictate it. Y'all are driving this one. They're driving it all. I will say it all comes from our beautiful new painted box. Yep. It's no longer a Hobby Lobby box. Right. So thank you, Anya, for that, for making us look good. Um, but this is going to be all based on them. We told them we'd bring the questions. Yeah. Whatever you want to ask. Rose already has an entire stack of paper <laughs> cutout questions. Um, so we could probably do an entire podcast just on Rose's questions. <laughs> this is right? Rose's questions. This is what Rose. You need to yeah, know. right. Um, so what we're going to do here is we have Jenna with the mic. Jenna's going to go around and let's just, I guess, one question just at a time. Just figure it out. Yeah, and it doesn't have it to be weather related. It doesn't have to be hurricane related. Let's have some fun. We got like 45 minutes to hang out play around, get to know each other, so, and that's kind of what we wanted from this podcast. Uh, audio is great. We can see everyone is what Susan says. Sarah says, this is awesome, and Summer says, I miss you all. Hey, Sarah. So, uh, Summer and Sarah, the, a couple of our loyal podcast premiere watchers yeah. on YouTube who are there every single night. I know what we forgot to do. We oh. forgot to ask a question. What was the question? Oh, yeah. Who has either seen or listened to all 15 episodes? One there. Oh, my gosh, there's a breeze. One there. We need some more koozies. Uh, all 15. <laughs> all 15. So, huge thank you. So, we definitely got to get one to Mark, too. Can we ask this, too? This? I'm going to ask it. What was your favorite episode? Favorite episode. Let us know. Funnel. Funnel. The, the tornadoes? Yeah, no. Oh, the cone. cone. The cone. cone. The okay. cone. That was a good episode. Good. What else Watch did this. we like? Everybody's getting one. <laughs> what was that I'm in the back? I'm literally. I'm the like grilled cheese, Matt B. I'm like Oprah. <laughs> you get a koozie, and you get a koozie. And the show's going off the rails. Uh, we have. Right. They said Matt Bullock's grilled cheese. Grilled cheese. We love Matt Bullock. The cone. Anybody else want to speak up on your favorite episode? Darion. We love Darion. The singing karaoke machine. Singing karaoke. We love Darion so much. Second best dressed man. Are you serious? Are you serious? Yep, yep. We love Darion. I know. Well, he's probably asleep. He's probably he's already gotta asleep. Be, he's got to be up early in the morning. So. <laughs> well. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Me and Andrew don't sleep. We don't. Give us an we're hour or two zombies. and we're good to go. Um, so let's get started. You yeah, do let's this? do it. Let's do it. Uh, if you have questions on YouTube, let us know. I keep I'm going to be looking camera, at that. So. <laughs> I'm over here. We don't know how to do a full right. crowd. We also have people behind the scenes as well. Um, let's go ahead and open the floor. Jenna, I'm going to put you in charge of whoever you want to hand the mic to. Go first. And we're going to see where this we goes. we got to start with Rose. If we don't start with her, we, we'll never she get through all the questions. She brought them on Oh, Lordy. All right, so we all know that Jamie loves cold weather. Yes. Loves his winter weather. And I have family in North Dakota and Alaska where it's really cold and really snowy. Would you want to forecast that type of weather all the time? No. That's a I like 
Now, North Dakota, maybe, because North Dakota gets the big swings. They get crazy cold winters. They get the hot summers. They get good severe weather. So I could probably do that. Alaska, I don't know. That might be pushing it a little bit for me. There's plenty of times when you post something and uh, my cousin's in Alaska in Fairbanks. Yeah. I'll tag them, and then they'll reply back, and we'll have a little WMBF in Alaska, South Carolina. And it's crazy. Whenever she comes here, she yeah. loves it, but she says, I have to come in, like, December or January because it's too hot. Right. Because their body temperatures They're are not, just used to or below. It. I totally get it. On Monday. Yeah. yeah. Okay. North Dakota, yes. Alaska, no. Okay. But I do Alaska, in the snow? No. Alaska is next on my va cold weather vacation list. Have you been there yet? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. I'm trying. I can point out yeah. some places. Uh, no question. All right. Let's go to someone else here, Jenna. Who do you want to go to? I know Mark has questions. <laughs> He's oh, wait. Probably... Dan has one. Oh. I want to go non-weather. Okay. Oh. I want to know what was your most epic fail on live TV? Could it have been a fall? Could you have done a broadcast with your fly down the entire time? <laughs> like, what is your, like, most viral moment that could have been the most viral moment? I've and I think I think we've actually discussed a few of these. I have I have done the weather with my fly down. Um, I've done the weather with somehow the the, the Dracula look. Yeah, the the well, collar like on this. my jacket was popped the whole time, yeah. mm -hmm. and for three and a half minutes, no one bothered to tell me. Um, I fell live on the air once. Uh, this was at a previous TV station. I've told the story. Um, I was walking from the green screen to the desk, so I was off camera. But I felt like my hair wasn't as good as I wanted it to be that day. So as I was walking, again, I'm off camera, so nobody can see this. I pick up a mirror, and I'm trying to, like, fix my hair as I'm walking. And as I'm fixing my hair, I stumble over a step. And so all you hear is me fall, and all of the wind come out of me. And then you hear me bite my tongue to keep from saying something that could get the FCC involved. Um, but, yeah, so that was probably one of my biggest on-air fails. So I've done the fly down before. Yeah. I feel like we all have. Yeah. Um, the worst one for me actually happened here. And it was like year one, probably six months in. We have these things we call motivators. Yep. And in the morning, you go get coffee. You do whatever you need to after you do first weather. Because there's a lot of hits in the morning. Yeah. It's like 18 hits in two hours. Well, I had to go to the bathroom. So... <laughs> Andrew's supposed to go to the motivator, and all of a sudden you hear the trinkle of water, which yep. is, <laughs> is me going to the restroom. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was supposed to do, like, rain chances increasing, and all you hear is rain. Andrew. Yeah. Rain, <laughs> rain. And now, because of that, I take my mic off every time I go, but I'll sometimes forget to put yeah. it on. Yeah. So if you ever see me and you don't hear audio, yep. it's because I probably went to I've, the I've had the same thing happen, and I took the same – if I – I try at all costs to avoid going to the bathroom during a newscast, uh -huh. but if I absolutely must, the microphone comes off. I want it off my body yeah. just to avoid that happening. Yeah, it was awful. Good and question, I got a Danny. couple of your message. Good that question. Me into the question I had about your mic. There are times when we look at you guys and you're like this, but you're not, we don't hear you. Is that exactly, you just forgot to put your mic back on? Or it's, either, <laughs> it's either we forgot to put it on, um, a battery will die, Sometimes a mic will just malfunction, gotcha. and we'll try to get it back up. I'm the world's worst at turning it off to have a conversation with somebody and then forgetting to turn it back on. Gotcha. So that's usually the, the excuse for me. Yeah. That's cool. I've had that happen, too, where it's yeah. like, you're, because I've also had it happen where you're talking about, like, so how was your weekend? What did you do? And then, once again. It's going over the air. It's going yeah. over the air. So I turned yeah. mine off as well. So I like that question. Yeah. All right, where are we going next? Here we go. Get, oh. get your thinking cap I know, ready. Right? I'm Here scared. We go. Jamie Andrew, Doppler radar. Oh. oh. <laughs> okay. You were expecting this. Uh, Multi-point question, but I'll try to be succinct. Where does it come from that, that we see? Do you manipulate it as far as the color of intensities? And is it the same across all the different platforms like our your competition, a weather channel, etc.? So, and then, to follow that up, future radar. Who's, who's doing the colorization and the prediction for future radar? All right, I'm going to take radar. I'm going to take radar. I'm going to let you take future radar. Okay, cool. So if you're watching us on television or any of the other local stations in town, 
what you were seeing is the National Weather Service radar. Their radar Doppler tower is located just across the border in Chalote. Uh, it's operated by the National Weather Service office in Wilmington, which covers all of our area, but also covers the area sort of up around Wilmington. So that's why it's kind of right in the middle. Our system that we use to show you the forecast takes kind of the raw data, which isn't as viewer friendly as most people would like, kind of smooths it out, makes it a little prettier, makes it into sort of the typical radar that you're used to seeing where like light green is, you know, light rain. And then you kind of ramp up to oranges and reds and purples. And, you know, when you start getting into purples and blacks, you know, you got some bad stuff going on. Um, so you put the colorization in. It comes that way, and we just select which one we want it to look like. Yeah. <laughs> we want there's this color, one. There's a couple of color is, tables. There's a couple of different color tables, but it's all the same data. It's just making it viewer-friendly. If it weren't, it's if you were to look at pure radar data, especially when you're zoomed in really close, it's kind of pixelated. pixelated. It's pixelated. So we smooth it out a little just to kind of give it a cleaner presentation on the air i love this question and we could spend a whole episode on it yeah because jamie and i are like graphics gurus um it's a station preference so there's some stations in the country that use blue for rain instead Mm -hmm. of green it's a color palette so it comes out we try to make it look very similar to our app um in the way of future radar and i'm a firm believer we have a ton of model outputs right so we have the hrrr the graph the in-house I'm a firm believer with sticking with the model that you're most confident in. So, for instance, I might be forecasting a 40% chance of rain, but the HRRR, the HER, shows nothing. Well, I'm probably not going to use that, to be honest. I'm going to stick with what I feel confident based off the education I have. I feel like yeah. you're the same way. The models, yeah. because not every model's right, right? And that's why we're, we still have a job. If, if they were right, <laughs> we probably wouldn't be here. Um, but then to add to that, especially summertime, sometimes we'll use the composite on future radar just to give it a little bit more oomph because sometimes with the precip type, an afternoon storm day would look more like a light shower. Yeah. Like yesterday, I gave it a little bit more oomph to where you saw the reds and oranges kind of basically like tune, turning the dial up a little bit yeah just, just saying, to, hey, yeah yeah just so you know like because if i know as a viewer based off research if you see light green you're like oh that's light rain when in reality i know in my forecast hey there's going to be some heavy downpours today so i'm going to give that a little bit more dialed up so then that way if you're watching me in the morning oh hey there could be some pockets of heavy rain this afternoon i probably need to stay aware so for me, it's like, okay, what do I think is going to happen today? And how does that model kind of tell the story, if that makes sense? Yeah. It's a really good question. And I'm going to tell you a fun story about what happens to me during this time of the year when we're in daylight saving time is that at, I start my newscast at 5. And so from 5 to 6, the future radar that I show is usually the one that has come out a little bit earlier in the day. Well, it just so happens that the latest – model run comes out and gets complete right around six o'clock so there are some times where i forget to go back and check and i will get into my main weather and future radar looks completely different than it did one hour ago and there's a lot of you know these short range models the high resolution models especially change so much can change a lot literally in one or two hours so that's kind of something i have to watch for to wrap up the doppler side it seems recently you've been showing ocean breeze yep and that seems new for us as viewers is that so and why are you doing it it's definitely not new uh sea breeze is as old as the sea literally but for (laughs) the visual depiction on your doppler radar because people, we have, I think we have a really smart audience. Yeah, I think here. we have a weather savvy audience. And I used to dial the radar back to make the sea breeze disappear just so that I didn't have to address it. The reflector. And every time, yeah. And every time I would have to say, well, here's the sea breeze. That's where the cool air comes in on a hot. So. But now people know what the sea breeze is. Even here in Conway, 
most summer days you get the sea breeze that comes this far inland. Some days it makes it all the way to Florence. Pretty much every summer day it's going to blow through the beach. And people know what it is. They know that it sparks thunderstorms. They know that it kind of cools it off at the beach in the afternoon and brings in that nice breeze. So I'm just I'm more comfortable and I feel like our viewers are open to or, or aware enough now to know what the sea breeze is without us having to really get in depth with it every time. I think too this podcast has proven that. Yeah. We got smart qu- people. <laughs> we got smart people. We've been stumped a the couple times. The questions I'm like, okay, that's good. Um and that sea breeze too in the summer it's very important because sometimes we could show composite reflectivity, which is dialed up a little bit. Um, just to say, hey, we're watching the sea breeze for maybe some storms to pop up. And that kind of gets us a talking point for yeah. you. I don't really deal with the sea breeze. <laughs> right, yeah. In the morning, we don't have a sea breeze. But that's more of a you think. Yeah. That's a really good question, Mark. Really good. All we right, could do, We could do a whole other podcast on the sea breeze. Maybe yeah. we'll do that for season two because the sea two. breeze will make or break a forecast. Yes, sir. Hey, two questions. What's your name? George. I remember. I thought so. you right. came. He brought us a donut this morning. <laughs> Two questions. Uh, one, what was the lowest barometric pressure registered in Myrtle? And two, how come you don't show that like on your forecasts? I'm. You Google it. Let's see how. <laughs> let's see how right I am. Okay. I got I'm going to say either. I'm not going to give you the exact reading. It was either. It might have been the superstorm of '93, which is surprising because that was March. Or, I don't think it was Hugo. It might have been Hugo. I'll get it. What was the second part? Why don't you show that like in your regular... I know you're limited for space. Limited for space. uh, Limited for time. As people, in most cases, and I, I don't want to make it sound like we're dumbing down, but we're dumbing down. The vast majority of our audience, outside of you really incredibly smart people, want to know, is it going to rain this weekend? And... Am I going to be able to go to the beach on Saturday? That's literally all they care about. Um, current conditions, what the temperature is right now, what the barometric pressure is. If we start saying that, you know what happens to people? They, glaze, they turn us off. They, gla- they literally glaze over. They glaze over. So, you know, we keep that information like it's on the app. You can find it there. But as far as in our two minutes that we have to say the forecast for the next seven days, it's way down the list. Okay. As far as importance. I know. They same thing with thrilled. same thing with Dewpoint. Yes. Same Dewpoint thing with Dewpoint is my go to. Right. I yep, love yep, that. Yep. yep. I'd have to hop into actual National Weather Service website to get that. So that's not a Google. I'm, we're gonna question. we're gonna get back into that one. I think it was March thirteenth, nineteen ninety. That wouldn't surprise me. Storm of the century. That wouldn't surprise me at yep. all. All right, next. Oh, we got one from Alan Marcus. Oh. I'm I'm monitoring the call. Oh. Alan Marcus, I love it. Who do I want to? Who do I want to go to? Who oh, it doesn't matter. Whoever you are okay. close to first. I'm coming to you first. My name's Kent. I live here in Conway. Yep. When we get the river levels during yep. a storm, what is that number reference to? Like twenty-one point seven five. What is that measured from? That is against the average normal river level. So right now we're running a about normal. I haven't looked recently. It may, we might be a little bit low. He's got it pulled up. So he we're at seven feet. So we're about, which is I think about normal for the walk. So is that is that seven feet above sea level or that is a or is it arbitrary number? It's it's kind of an arbitrary number. I'm not sure where the reading is taken on the walk mall. So, right down there. Somewhere over there, the U.S. Geological Survey in the Southeast River Forecast Center basically has a stick in the water <laughs> with a marker on it. Um, it's digital, but that's how they're managing to measure where the river is at any given time in any given day. Um, they also have a lot of other measurements, like how much water cubic feet per second is flowing through the Waccamaw. All of that is provided somewhere down there. And then there's another one on the Waccamaw, I think, up at Long's. Yeah. Um, there's two of them. Yep. So that's seven where that come feet from. is about average for this one. And I would basically say that's your base. And then what we can do, and what's beautiful about that, is we can go back to those storms of Matthew and Florence and look at what those levels were at that base or at that base in Longs. So that helps us out in conveying the message to you all. Because right now when we say, hey, it's at seven feet, 
No one cares. So for the Waccamaw, seven feet is about normal. Eleven feet is flood stage. Yeah. So when the river reaches eleven feet, it starts to really fill in the swamps, and I think that's when you start to get water in the yards down in pitch landing and river landing in those areas. Um, flooding starts at eleven feet. 2018 in Florence, the Waccamaw hit 21.5 feet. So that gives you an idea of just how incredible Florence was. I love that question. Thank you, Kent. Did you still have your question? Well, so my question was part of Kent's question. Oh. So I have an 18-year-old who, and we own this restaurant, and yep. so she asks all the time, why is our restaurant flooding when storm surges and things from hurricanes aren't directly affecting us, but we're flooding yes. so i think you just kind of answered it but why it floods here yeah Even, why it floods well We're... recently for both matthew and for florence um the heaviest of the rain from both of those hurricanes fell on the headwaters of the waccamaw so you get up across the border into robinson county columbus county bladen county those areas that's where in Florence in 2018, they had 30 to 40 inches of rain. All of that water, rainwater, fell, started to drain into the creeks, which drained into the Waccamaw, which made it down here about two weeks after all that rain fell, because the Waccamaw, you know, just moves at a snail's pace. Right. Same thing happened with Matthew, slightly different location, but the heaviest of the rain just happened to fall on the headwaters of the Waccamaw River. So. It was a really long stretch of bad luck, even in 15, because we had 15, 16, and then 18 with the floods on the Waccamaw. Yeah. yeah. And, and they were all, did that, did that help? Yes. It did? Yeah. It's less storm surge and more heavy rain for you all. For here. us. Yeah. Yes. Storms, now, storm surge can happen. In an absolute worst case scenario, category four, direct hit southern Horry County, we can back storm surge all the way up the Waccamaw into Conway, but that's literally everything lining up 100% perfectly. What happens once you get down downstream of the Waccamaw, and this is what's really, this is where flooding gets really complicated, and, and I learned so much in, in 18, was you have the Waccamaw that meets up with the Intracoastal Waterway, right. and if the Intracoastal Waterway is full of storm surge, and you have all the rain flood water coming down the Waccamaw, it backs up. So that's how it flooded in places like Socasty. That's how the waterway was flooded for weeks after Florence because you had all this water coming together and it just, it couldn't get out. And it just backed up and backed up. And that's why some spots up here, as you know, were flooded for a month before the water went down. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Alan Marcus, online question. The first one comes from Riley. The first one. Uh, how, how I'm do pretty sure Riley form? just came in. There's Riley. Hey, and, Riley. Uh, what was the question from Riley? How hurricanes form, which okay. leads into Suzanne's question. Does every hurricane start over the ocean? Every hurricane absolutely starts over the ocean. Yeah. You cannot have a hurricane if you do not have water temperatures over the Atlantic Ocean of 80 degrees or warmer. Yeah. And basically what happens is we get those short waves or we get those disturbances off the coast of Africa. Yep. Uh, so to answer your question, Riley, uh, basically clusters of thunderstorms off Africa get transported into the Atlantic. And with that, warm water temperatures start to take these areas and clusters of thunderstorm and develop what we call here in the United States low-pressure systems. Yep. So you get a strong glow and a really warm water, and you start to get tropical depression, tropical storm, hurricane pretty quickly if the waters are warm enough um and it really the main development region is right off the coast of africa so there's other ones but for us that's the one we watch closely yep good questions there's one more. one more oh one, one more this one's from ellen on facebook if you're not in an evacuation zone like in longs do you stay put you absolutely stay put this is something we've been trying to drive home all week long so you said this was ellen yeah. all right ellen longs Ellen and Longs, if you talk to your neighbors, uh, if you didn't flood in 2018 or in 2016 from Matthew or Florence, then I want you to stay put. If you live outside of an evacuation zone, you are going to survive a hurricane in your house, even a bad one. It may not be fun. Let's say, worst case scenario, we get a Category 3 or a Category 4 
100, 120 mile per hour winds, even here in Conway. It's going to be noisy. It's going to be awful. But your house is going to make it. You're going to survive it. You're not going to survive the storm surge. So that's why I always say run from water, hide from wind. The only reason you evacuate is for storm surge. If you're outside of a storm surge zone or an evacuation zone and you evacuate, you're one more car on the road, you're one more cot in a shelter, you're one more hotel room that somebody who has actually evacuated needed. We ran into this problem in Florence. How many of you evacuated for Florence? How many of you are here for Florence? All right, but none of you did because you're the all Conway people. Good. Basically, all of Carolina Forest, like, evacuated for Florence, and they didn't need to. And that just gave us a really unnecessary traffic jam, really slowed things down for the people who really needed to get out for that. And I think sometimes it gets a misconception of, like, everyone just assumes they're in an evacuation zone. Yeah. I was talking to a couple. They're not here anymore, otherwise I wouldn't have said this. <laughs> but they said, so I guess I'm in C. And I'm like, well, where do you live? They were like, well, we're up near Coastal Carolina University. I said, oh, no, you're good. Yeah. You don't have to leave. Yeah. And you'll be fine. It's going to it's gonna be terrible yeah. if it's a cat four. Yeah. But you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And that's why we always say if you're not in an evacuation zone, your your hurricane plan needs to be on keeping yourself fed and watered for three days. Yeah. You need to assume three days. In an absolute worst-case scenario, and again, let's say – God forbid we take a direct hit from a Category 4. It may take three days to get resources in. And, again, that's worst-case scenario. We've all dealt with the ones. We've dealt with the little ones a day or two where things are kind of disrupted like Matthew, like Ian. But a big one, it's going to be weeks and weeks and weeks. Now, the stuff will come in, but those first three days are what you need to prepare yourself for. And you, then you have to take into account – what are your specific needs? Yeah. Do you have an elderly person who is on oxygen? In that case, should you evacuate? Maybe. Um, do you, are you frail? Are you ill? You know, things like that. You have to make your own plan. You start with the basics and then break it down to what's specific to you. I also think, too, and I tell people this all the time, and I don't say it because, you know, this is what we do, but at the end of the day, Cat 4, guess where we're going to be? Yeah. If we're going to be there, yeah. you'll be fine. Yeah, we're going to be, be at fine. work. We're going to be at work. We're going to be right along the we're beach. We're going to be at work. Figuring I it out. That. For sure. <laughs> that looks delicious. I know. I see what they're sharing. <laughs> they're sharing drinks over there. Over I here see talking she's about hurricanes. Bottle, but, uh, she's having one of her own. <laughs> yeah. Judy's got a question. Wait, I'm, I'm Oh, wait. Right. Judy's coming to I'm you. Coming. What'd you say? No, I'm saying that you you be okay when we have your grilled cheese in. That's right. Keep the grilled cheeses coming. <laughs> and I have to say kudos to WMBF News because I've been here 15 years now and every hurricane. We don't eat as good as we do as there as we do when there's a hurricane coming in. Well, we, we're snacking. We're it munching. is just a nonstop supply Shout of food, whether it's from Rose or the people who work there. We've had kitchens set up in our studio and we bought a Blackstone. You remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. We've had people flipping pancakes and cooking steaks uh, during hurricane coverage. So we're eating good. Just a quick question about what has to happen to make you guys decide Thursday is going to be a first alert weather day. Oh. <laughs> because I want to tell you, when I see that, I am prepared. I'm loving it. <laughs> I have literally watched you guys for 24 hours on a first alert day. So what makes you decide that? And second part. What happens if you call that on Monday, but Wednesday comes and you're like, oh, crap, we got to pull back? I'd love to do an interactive question here, too, on this. Yeah, go for it. So if we call a first alert weather day on Monday for Thursday, what's your thoughts, Rose? Repeat it one more time. Just what what makes you decide okay. that but it's But when you see us say, let's say today, what's And today, we highlight Thursday, it red. We say right. Sunday's a first alert weather day. Right. What does that mean to you? It means you better be on guard. Something's coming. What does that mean to y'all? Same. Okay. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. If we look at the data and by Tuesday night we take the first alert weather day away, what does that say to you all then? Just This is me brainstorming here. Oh, it, I do not think it means that you got it wrong. Okay. I think that changes have happened and you realize, hey, we don't need to call it a first alert weather day. Take the red away. Okay. Yeah, cool. So, you can answer now. So first alert, first alert weather days, and there are many – 
There are many variations of First Alert Weather Days. I'm sure we all watch all the stations in all the cities, whatever. It has a bunch of different names. Some stations do it all the time. Yeah. Great. Some stations do it very sparingly. Everybody has their own threshold, their own ideas. In a place where we can get some pretty wild weather, like around here on the summer, on a sometimes daily basis, some of our summer thunderstorms have been worse than some of the tropical storms we've had to deal with. I'm not going to call it a first alert weather day. For us to declare something as a first alert weather day, we think long and hard about is this something weather-wise that is going to really impact our viewers, whether it's their safety, whether it's their day-to-day planning. Is it a holiday? Mm, that's big. Is it, it – we don't have a set threshold. Remember, um, remember back at Christmas – Remember that really crazy cold front that came through on Christmas Eve and the temperature dropped like 40 degrees in three hours and the wind was blowing 50 to 60 miles per hour and it was Christmas Eve. We did a first alert weather day for that because it's Christmas Eve. People are out. They're going to the stores. They're doing things. People are busy. And a 40 degree temperature drop in 50 mile per hour wind gusts is going to catch people off guard if they don't know what's going on. So we've done it for things like that. We've done it for tornado outbreaks. Obviously, we'll do it for a hurricane. But as Andrew is alluding to, sometimes what looks like a severe weather outbreak four days away fades into nothing. And we take it back. And I always say, well, we're still first alerting. Yeah. We're just first alerting that it's not going to happen anymore, yeah. which is good. You know, we're, we try to we try to be transparent. The number one thing that I get, I'm going off on a tangent. Bear with me. You're this fine. is this is what happens. I haven't made my signal yet. The, yeah, Andrew has a signal to kick me if I get too what? violent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Anya has a she knows to throw a rock at me. <laughs> the number one thing that I get is, especially when we have something big. So, do you really think it's going to snow? Do you really think that hurricane is going to hit us? Do you real? But really, yeah, I'm not on air saying it, just like, just to say it because. If I'm saying it and knowing it's not going to happen, well, that's not going to make me look very good. So uh, we always say when we say it, you know, when we know it, you know it. We're not holding anything back. We're not hiding anything. We try to be transparent. If we don't know, we'll say, "Mm, this one's a toughie. You know, stick with this one. This one's tough. I wish, I mean, I I don't wish, but I also wish you could see, like, the constant communication between the weather team. It's like, ah, Thursday, we may need to keep an eye on that. Next day. Ah, oh, never mind. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. And then there's some days where it's like, oh, I don't know, 50-50, let's see. Yeah. And then we try to give the earliest first alert, but we also want to make sure people are prepared to where it's going to verify or it's needed. It's warranted. Yeah. So we don't want to be the, the boy who called cried wolf all the time, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. That was fun. Oh, right. some oh I love it. Okay, I got a question. <laughs> When the wind is blowing, how do you measure that correctly? Like you, the gentleman over there was saying about the stick in yeah. the water. <laughs> yeah. How do we actually really measure the wind coming in from a hurricane? So we have two measurements for wind. We have every station. Basically, if you look at our current temperature map on air, it says Myrtle Beach, 53, whatever the temperature is. Um, those, also, those sensors also have what we call anemometers, which measure wind speed. Those are the ones that tell us. Oh, hey, the wind is blowing and gusting up to whatever. And then for direction, we could tell because they have the wind vane. Some of them look like the old classic rooster. With yeah, the, yeah. Others of them are very small, and it yeah. just kind of tells you what it's blowing. And what happens is as the wind blows that underneath, that anemometer is picking up what it looks like a fan. And based off the number of rotations, tells us, okay, hey, the wind is this. So all those sensors are programmed with that which feed back in, thank God, because yeah. could you imagine if right, we didn't yeah. have that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just, it's, an anemometer is basically three little cups, yep. and as the wind blows, they just spin, and the faster they spin, there's some... like a meter. Yeah, yeah, it just spins and spins, and yeah, the faster the and wind blows, the faster it spins. Yep. yep, yep, yep. Good question. Tough thing is, and we ran into this with Hurricane Florence, uh, Hurricane Ian, getting my storms mixed up, um, highest wind gust during Hurricane Ian... In Myrtle Beach was, I think, 60 miles per hour. In North Myrtle Beach, I think, was 61 miles per hour. Andrew and I, the day after Ian, uh, rode up through North Myrtle Beach and were absolutely convinced that the winds were probably closer to, like, 80 miles per hour. There was just, from about 
barefoot landing all the way to Cherry Grove along the oceanfront, the wind damage was honestly worse than what we saw with Matthew, which we had reported winds of 75 to 80 miles per hour. And we were both convinced that that area had hurricane force winds. Uh, the National Weather Service came down a couple days later. They confirmed it. Um, and then there were a few private, like you've all probably heard of like weather underground. Some people have little home weather stations on their roof or whatever. And there were a couple of those up there that measured 80 to 85 mile per hour winds. So that was like a little wind for me that we kind of confirmed that. But as far as official data goes, we have to go with what these official sites go for. And in our area, it's Myrtle Beach, North Myrtle Beach, Conway has a station, a sensor, and then Georgetown. But the rest of the gaps, we kind of have to fill in. Yeah. Salt questions over here. When they decide to do the lane reversal on 501, that decision's made obviously off the block at yep. emergency management. Yep. Do they take all their information from Wilmington or do they take into consideration the certified most accurate forecast? <laughs> oh, thank goodness. I don't want that pressure. <laughs> I don't want the pressure. Um, evacuation orders and all of the information as far as lane reversals basically comes from the governor's level. Um, the governor's the governor is the only one who can issue an evacuation order. So there's a whole system in place that when he does that, then everything else falls into place. Um, I think the only time they do the lane reversals are when we have all three zones that are ordered to evacuate. So we did that in Florence. Uh, we didn't do it for Matthew because it was just zone A. But um, there's yeah, it's literally a process, and it trickles down to the local level. And we have nothing to do with it. Just like we have nothing to do with closing schools when it looks like it might snow flurry. <laughs> Danny. So I'm with State Farm Insurance. Uh -huh. Uh-oh. Plug, Dan Fidelity yeah, State right. Farm. Got it. Got um, it well, yes. during our first ad on Are You Serious? Right? We'll send you a bill. <laughs> yeah. So obviously during this time of year, I have a lot of conversations with our customers about protecting their home homes from insurance or uh, from hurricanes and I get a lot of I get a lot of the comments saying oh I've lived through Hurricane Hugo and nothing happened yeah. or I lived through Florence and nothing happened and staying on the same lane of like wind speeds in your opinion have the residents of Myrtle Beach and Conway become complacent on the true wind speeds that they've experienced or not experienced and they think that, that they have Absolutely. Good Absolutely. Now I'm going to turn it on y'all. Who can I pick on? My two ladies here from Conway. And I kind of gave, gave this away. You were here for Ian. You were here for Matthew. How strong did you think the winds were for Matthew here in Conway? Give me a number. Mm, there were about eight. Yeah. About 80? Yeah. Matthew, yes. Matthew in 2016. You think about 80. Okay. Yeah. All right. What about Ian last year? Uh, I, no, I don't think it was that. Yeah. 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 Most people have no idea. The only people who have any idea, at least in this area, how bad a real hurricane can be with real wind are the ones who are here for Hazel. And Hugo. Even Hugo, Hugo though, I mean, it probably wasn't bad, but uh, as bad, but. Peak winds in Myrtle Beach and Conway from Hurricane Hugo were 75 miles per hour. Really? Same as Matthew. Wow. Same as Matthew. Hugo was a Category 4 hurricane, but it hit 70 miles south of here. Okay. That's where the big wind was. 75 miles per hour, that'll certainly do the damage. It blew down to trees. It did the damage. But nobody here except unless you were here for Hazel, no. The Market Common, the Market Common, what used to be the old Air Force Base during Hurricane Hazel, gusted to 130 miles per hour. So just imagine that day that Matthew hit, and we were gusting to 80 miles per hour. Did it not feel like every tree in the world was going to blow down? No. Your house, your house was shaking. You know? So imagine 130 miles per hour. You know? Yeah. So and people, Hazel, pe and Hazel was what year? 
Hazel was 1954 is a category four hurricane. And it brought 130 to 150 mile per hour winds up and down the beaches. We haven't had anything close. We've had a lot of 70 and 80 and sometimes 90 mile per hour gusts. Florence was a category four offshore. You were flooded, but we're talking about wind. Talking about wind though. As far as experiencing hurricane force winds, this area has no idea Honestly, what a really powerful direct hit can bring wind-wise. It's crazy. Uh, Water is usually (laughs) much worse. Good question. Good question. Go ahead. Hey, so I have a question about something completely different than hurricanes. Is that okay? Let's take a hurricane break. (laughs) Um, So we, so in 2009, we had a really big wildfire. Yes. Um, her, uh, highway her, 31 yep. wildfire. Yep. And so I guess, I mean, I, I I have to admit, I don't always watch the news. I'm a busy mom, working mom. Anyway, um, I was just wondering what is in the, is there something in the forecast that lets, alerts people or just talks about um, wildfire risk? Maybe sort of over in that area, like on um, Lewis Ocean Bay Heritage Preserve, yep. where they have to do prescribed fires, and then there might be drought, and there might be like fuel build, fuels build, built up, and winds. And I mean, I was just wondering that if is, y'all that ever talk about really, that in the news. Really fantastic question. And there, for a couple of years after that 2009 yeah, fire, I was obsessed with wildfires, course fires. Like, how in this area do we get a 30,000 acre wildfire, second biggest wildfire in South Carolina's history? Um, and the National Weather Service actually has an amazing uh, meteorologist on staff. And they make, especially in February, March, April, during those fire weather seasons, make fire weather forecasts every day. And you've probably heard us talking about a fire weather watch or a red flag warning. That's coming from them. And that basically says, all right, don't burn, don't do it. Um, and now we've probably, you've probably noticed, you get a lot of smoke around here from that area in March and April. That is those prescribed burns to get rid of that understory to keep any fire that does develop from burning. Forest fires are going to happen. They're part of the forest ecosystem. Mm-hmm. You need fires to keep a forest going, yeah. but you have to also manage them. Awesome. It's a really good question. In eastern Kentucky, um, when I was over there, low dew points, mm-hmm. plenty of wind, and a yep. drought. Yeah. And you'll have a forest fire in seven days. Yeah. Yeah, that day, the day of the 2009 wildfire, it was about 88. Humidity was nothing, and we had winds that day like 40 to 45 miles per hour. Bright sunshine, no storm or anything. It was just hot and windy, and the dude burned some leaves in his backyard, and he didn't put it out, and one spark, and 30,000 acres later. Yeah. Let's do two more. We 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 have another one from from Michelle. Are evacuations wind-driven or water-driven? Water, water, water. Always. Water, water, water. Run from water, hide from wind. Well, water is for the storm surge, not inland. Yeah. Right, so you know all about water. Yeah. 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 Storm surge, though, evacuation zones, we're talking like for the beach, for people who live in like A, B, and C for a storm surge. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm, a, I'm aware. Yeah, I know. I'm very aware. Um, next question. <laughs> Alan Marcus, we got another one. Do you have another one, Rosa? No. Not this episode. I've got one for you. Yep. Continuing with the hurricane break, what is y'all's favorite type of weather to forecast? It depends on the season. It depends on, like, in the winter, I'm all about, you know, I start forecasting. I love to look for any opportunity I can for, like, ice or snow. But then, like, late February and March, I'm starting to get the severe weather itch. And then by, like, May, I'm like, all right, bring on hurricane season. I'm ready to start seeing things bubble up in the Atlantic. And then all the way through summer and fall, yep. I'm all about the hurricane. Severe weather. He's for severe me. weather. Severe thunderstorms. That's me. Summertime from May to August. Yeah. SPC, glued to it. Yeah. That's how I am. Yeah. I've been glued the past couple of days. Oh, yeah. 
crazy. So. We're always keeping up with weather all over the place. Oh, we got one other one? Let's one end more. with one more here with Judy. One more. Why do leaves turn upside down? Say that again. <laughs> why, why do the leaves turn upside down? Barometric pressure. Oh. Yeah, there's an old wives tale, especially uh, silver maple leaves and the leaves of the ginkgo trees turn upside down before it rains. Um, and that's a, just a very subtle drop in the pressure is just enough to kind of call those leaves to flip upside down. Yeah. Right, one more. Roses, Roses, I have one more. Then we wrap. That leads to a very good question, and you say it every year. Don't plant those those spring gardens, yep. those spring flowers. Everybody's like, oh, my gosh, it's sunny out. It's great. The temperatures have warmed up. Yep. They plant them, and a cold front comes through, and they're like, what happened? Every time. Every time. Every time. We get that 80-degree day in February. Everybody's like, yep, going to Lowe's. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Mid-April. April 15th. I always say Easter. That's how I learned. And do you know what I heard this year for the first time? I always heard Easter here, too. Mm -hmm. They said when the pecan trees bloom. Yep. When the pecan trees bloom in Horry County, you should be going. Then you're good to plant. There yeah. We go. Look at us. And those are the locals who know. They know best. They know the best. Right? UCLA. I love it. All right. 827 here on our Thursday night. We've won a whole hour. We did. Did y'all have fun? Did you? We got up to We got up to like 36 on YouTube. All right. And maybe we'll do another live one for season two. Do we do we go ahead and tell them when season two will be? Well, we're still working on it. So we're it's summer. People are taking vacations. Yeah. People are off. We got a lot of stuff coming on. So we're going to take a little break from the podcast for probably through about July fourth. Yeah, just kind of let everybody chill out for a minute. It's summer, so maybe if you you'll miss us. Yeah, maybe you'll miss us a little bit. And you'll want us to come back. And if you haven't heard them all or haven't watched them all, well, you got a couple of weeks to do it. You know. Yeah. So it's been a fun week. We're not done tomorrow night. Uh, yeah, tomorrow night we have the special, and we also have to, uh, we can't do this again without a big thanks. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize this till earlier today, but all of our places this week had a B. I don't yeah. know where my brain has been. So, uh, Bonfire tonight. Yep. Bovines last night. Yep. Bums on Tuesday. Tuesday. And Bowie's on Monday. I, right? Isn't that crazy? So, all the B restaurants that we hung out at all week, huge thanks to them. Huge thanks to everybody who came out. Uh, especially who came out here for the live podcast. This has been so fun. I hope you all enjoyed it uh, as much as we did. Some of you all have been out here since 3.30, so kudos to you all. Yeah, uh, to our crew in the back, they've been working their tails Mega off. kudos to the crew back here. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and to everyone that couldn't make it on t tonight on YouTube, yeah. do better. No, do better. <laughs> right, do better. Get here next no, time. Thank you all for tuning in as always. And I know we'll have this on Spotify and Apple so what do we say to those people, Jamie? Do you remember? Um, download, share, subscribe, subscribe, thumbs up, rate, rate, all like. that stuff you're supposed to do to a podcast. Uh, yeah. So episode 15, season one, season one in the books is done. Thank you all so much. This has been Are You Serious? A weather conversation between you and us. Have a good one, you all.